Am I on? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Good morning. I'm waiting for the on the air because we want the breath, right? <laughs> good morning. It's good to be here. Oh, Lord, thank you. So, um, this morning we are going to talk about weakness and how the Lord strengthens us through our weakness. And um, before we jump into that, I just wanted to really make somewhat of a declaration. And that a couple of days ago, I think Friday, I was praying in the sanctuary. And, you know, I was asking the Lord, you know, what, what, what would you have me to bring on Sunday? And I felt his spirit. I felt. <laughs> it's sometimes it's so hard to describe the moving of, of the spirit, but I felt something touch. Something inside of this might be a long hour. <laughs> um, something inside of me in my spirit that is connected as part of this body um, with regards to our teaching. And it wasn't later until that I realized that, of course, we're in this month of the teacher's year, which, of course, is so God. But I just, I, I felt this expansion. I felt like he was like pressing on all sides, above and below. And, and really n something very new. I, you know, I, I felt like something very new in his heart that he has for us with regards to our teaching. And really the gift of the teacher in this house and in this ministry, because we are so much a teaching ministry, not just here, but throughout the nations. <clears throat> and so I just want to speak that forth into all of us, into all of you, and to all of those that are listening that, that, that teach and that God is, is preparing to teach in the days ahead, that his spirit would expand. Not only our capacity to know, because it's, it's here's what in, in the later hours as I sat before the Lord and began to study, you know, it's one thing to teach what you know, and we do that. We, we, we've learned to do that, and we've learned to do that well. It's a, it's, 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 it's a whole other thing to teach what you've lived. And I think that when, you know, when Jesus was in the temple or wherever he was and he was teaching and it says the power to heal was present I think that's because of that because he taught what he lived you know what I mean he became flesh he 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 bore all things for us he walked through all things for us he became all things for us lived through all those things and overcame and through that overcoming of all of the things that he walked through, he gained this measure of authority and power 
that that flowed through him and his teaching and there was power to to bring restoration to heal and so I want that I really do I don't I don't want this just to be another teaching you know to me it, it's it's for me it's more like an impartation it's like throwing seeds and and that's what we do I mean that's what our pastor has done in this house for many many years and we've been the recipient of those seeds of truth and and this season <sighs> I promise I'm gonna get myself together <laughs> this season has been one where so many of the things that have been imparted to me and when I say to me I always look at it like I'm a part of you I'm a part of this body so what what I'm experiencing what I'm overcoming what's being imparted to me is being imparted into the body of Christ into the body of the saints and so um, uh, but so many of those things have come alive and completely unexpected because you know we've been living this for 20 almost 25 years and so just you know living it but there's been something about this season for me <sighs> where um, it's like it's like um, he is the word right he is the living word and and all the words all the scriptures all the things that I know that I've quoted that I've ministered through and you know you just somebody's dealing with something and you just God gives you a scripture the spirit quickens that and you speak it and you know it's anointed and it brings freedom or whatever but so many of them have like come alive in my flesh it's like the word has become flesh to me in a way that I've never known. And a little bug on my Bible and it 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 it's touched my frailty and my humanity and my weakness and I have ah, I have felt the power of it in ways that I've not known before and I say all that to say that what I believe that God is doing in this month as we launch into this, this new year of the saints is he is birthing his dunamis through our yielded weaknesses. I mean, that's the best way I can describe what's happening in me is that he's birthing this, this measure of his power and his dunamis through my weakest places 
because never in the last 25 years have I felt so weak. And, and when I say that, it's come through experience. It's come through things that I've had to walk through. Now, my life and, and what I've walked through, in comparison to some other people like Robin, who's facing you know, a battle for her life, um, you know, so in comparison, the things that I've walked through really almost don't even compare. Because I've, my life, my, my, my health, none of that has really been physically like threatened um, in that degree. But nonetheless, I've experienced um, emotional weakness and trauma, and I've experienced physical, to where I feel like my structure is weakened. And, and you know, sometimes you don't realize how much your identity gets wrapped up in your own strength. And the things that you've put upon, or things that have been put upon you or you've taken upon yourself, your mantles, your you know, the anointing and, and your titles and, you know, for me, strength. I mean, 12 years ago, I started this journey into fitness, into CrossFit, because the Lord led me there. I was traveling. I couldn't lift my own suitcase up onto the train, and I didn't want to be a burden to anybody. So he got me off of the floor in prayer one, like, Thursday morning and said, I want you to get in your car and drive to that gym that's over on Live Oak. I didn't even know what CrossFit was, and I... <laughs> I got up obediently and I walked out the door and I got in my car and I drove over there and I walked into this gym. I had no idea what I was walking into, but I know I was being led of the spirit and it was to get me stronger physically. But what I didn't realize is that it, because it's a full body, it literally like changed my life in a lot of ways from nutrition to um, strength and fitness, but also emotionally and spiritually because every day I realized that there was this threshold where I would hold back, but if I pressed just a little bit, I would press the strength in me and realize I could do more than I thought I could. And so, I mean, that's a very simple way to describe it, but it, it really was somewhat transforming for me, and I'm very thankful for that. And so over the last month, A, my CrossFit gym closed just out of the blue, went out of business, my community, my fit, you know, where, where you're used to going every day for 12 years. And then I hurt my back. Well, I hurt my back first and then it closed because I hurt my back there. So what was God saying to me? Let, me? let me show you my strength because your identity has become wrapped up in some measure in that. And I'm thankful for that. But at the same time, it's like everything that we walk through, guys, every trial, every affliction, every pain, and every joy, God is in the midst because we are or our steps are ordered of him. We are being led of him. And so whatever he takes us through, he is in. We have to lean in and we have to learn. We have to hear him and we have to apply what he's teaching us from here. <clears throat> and so when I say teaching through experience or You know, you teach what you know, you impart what you live. And so my favorite messages that come out of this house, which is most of them, come from a place that we have lived, that our pastor, our apostle, has walked through painfully or has overcome in on our behalf. Or You know what I mean? And that's what makes it so powerful. And he wants every one of us to minister from that place.
but it's not easy because I mean I'm standing here f for 12 minutes and I could hardly speak because it uh, it touched I mean it's literally touched every part of my being and and while I felt you know emotionally weakened physically weakened um, I can't really say mentally weakened except for COVID but that's another story spiritually I feel stronger than I've ever felt I mean God has been right there even in my tears and my mourning and my my you know laying awake at night because I can't sleep because my back you know all those things he's he's just so close because he's there because he's resting upon us so anyway that that's a long filibuster but I, you know I just I just want you to know that his word is alive and it is it, 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 it really does want to touch us and her humanity and the frailty of who we are and transform us. And, I, and you know, people have asked me, you know, what has this season been like for you? And, I, I, you know, the best thing I can say is it's been a season of transformation, almost like a metamorphosis. And um, like the butterfly has been like my, my symbol. I see them everywhere. And I, I did some inner healing and... I, I was asked, she asked me to, you know, seek the Lord for a vision, and I just saw this jar open and this hundreds of butterflies just being released. And so I say all that, I'm going to read this one scripture, and then we're going to get into our outline. Um, Second Corinthians 3, 17. It says, now, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I've said, I've quoted that so many times. <laughs> How many times have we quoted that? And it's, I mean, it's, it's true. But it's real. Because I am after freedom. I am after full freedom in the spirit. Full liberty. I want, I want it all. And I know there's more. And we who have unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. I don't know what translation this is. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is the NIV. This is Dr. Peake's Bible. I grabbed it. It was on the it by the door. Who have unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So I, I just want to speak over us that this year of the saints and of his holiness whatever veil is there will be rent the veil will be taken away taken away from your heart from every part of who you are from your vision and you will see the lord and we will be changed from glory to glory it will be a year of glory to glory to glory for us amen amen okay you guys with me okay I'm sorry. I, I, I used to apologize for, I mean, I used to ask the Lord to, like, take, take my emotions out, which don't ever do that. <laughs> I mean, I love, I lo I, we all have to love who he made us to be. And it's usually, it's just, there's just such a depth to his heart that sometimes it's just hard for me to, but you know what? And I've always thought that you know, if I if I get choked up or if I get teary, I don't want to be ineffective. And I don't want to appear weak. But I'm standing up here talking to you about weakness, 
So it's okay, right? It's okay. Okay. So we're going to start with this first passage, Counter Our Joy, and it's one of those that I'm sure we've all quoted a thousand times or more in our life. And, and after we talk about that, we're going to jump into um, really the gist of what we're going to talk about. But I just can't let this go because this has really been a signature passage for me. I mean, everything that, that I have walked through, you know, every step, that has just, I've rehearsed that, count it all joy, count it all joy. No matter what you walk through, you count it all joy. And so there we go. I mean, it's like a good passage to quote, but there's really more meaning to it that, I want it all. I want the fullness of his grace and truth, right? I want it flowing through me. So when I speak that word, it, it's alive. Okay, so James 1, chapter 2, I'm sorry, verse 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience and we're going to stop and go back because there's a couple of significant things about this first of all this is a command to us and from our pastor James and he says count it all joy and and we know what joy is I mean joy is that cheerful delight it is um, we know that joy is the root of grace okay so it's like that optimistic expectancy of the grace of God in the midst of what, wherever you are, and the power of our partnership with him towards overcoming, towards moving forward, to, towards being, um, you know, stepping into another, pl a higher place in the midst of his progressive will. And that sounds so textbook, but it's so good. Um, so it's, it's really the visitation of his spirit that comes and, and lifts you up from the, the divers, the, the trials that you face, okay? Now, we count it all joy. And this word for count, it means to command. It means to govern, to lead, or to rule over. So this command to us is telling you, You've got to govern your joy. You've got to lead. You've, you have, you, it, that, that's a proactive thing for us to do. We have to count it joy. We have to count it with, with expectancy that God's grace is going to lift us out of or move us forward and break through from the diverse temptations that we fall into. Now, to fall into a temptation, it means to be enveloped. Okay, it means to um, something that surrounds you or encompasses you, and I know we've all felt those things. Temptations is something that puts to proof who you are. Your faith, it's afflictions, it's persecutions, it's trials. It literally puts to proof who you are in the Lord and who you are. Knowing this, that the trying or the testing of your faith, your obedience to walk and what he has shown you from the right hand works patience and we know that patience really means to remain under the place of abiding that God has called you to I love patience um, our abiding place is wherever the plan of God has assigned us and we're to stay under the covering of of what we are called to do 
and abide in our identity and commit to what God has given us to abide in. The gist of all that is that you don't abandon your placement when challenges arise. Because that's usually the first thing we want to do, right? So that's patience, is you're not running from the place God's called you to stand in when it, when it gets tough, when the going gets tough, but you stay under. So that trying, that testing of your faith, it works that patience. It's always working, and working is ergon. It's like toil. So our whole life is working this out through us. It's like, <laughs> it's just like this continual thing. But let patience have her perfect work. This is complete work, that toil, that you may be complete and entire, wanting nothing. Now, this word for entire is interesting because it's this word, holocleros, and it comes from two words. One means to be whole or to complete. The other is our inheritance. It's our lot. It's our, it's our, our heritage. And so all this working within us through the trials, through the afflictions that we go through, as we're counting, as it, it, counting it joy, as we're literally rejoicing in the midst of it, knowing that his grace is going to see us through it into a better, higher place, is all working to make us whole and complete in the midst of our, our inheritance and to what God has called for us to be and to accomplish. And so I just think that that's really beautiful. And I want to overlap this passage in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 23 and 24, because I think this is a word for us in this year of the saints. I think this is going to be a year of working these things to perfect us. It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calls you who also will do it. He will also will do it. So this really, this is speaking over us that we will be perfect, that we will, we will be in, entire, that we will be fully instructed in the doctrine of the Lord and our whole, his whole will concerning us. That every grace which constitutes the mind that is in Christ and that our knowledge and holiness may be complete and bear proper proportion to each other. You see, God created you, mind, body, and soul, and he created you, each part of that, to function perfectly together according to his will and what he's called you to accomplish. And so, really, this can be likened to um, this this verse in First Thessalonians to the Old Testament sacrifice because when they would do the sacrifice with the animal it was to be like spotless and um, whole and that's what God is requiring of us it's, it's, it's being that sacrifice that your whole heart, your body, your soul and your spirit become sanctified and that he may fill you with all of his fullness and so I, I, just, I speak that over us. And, um, you know, we're tried by fire. These trials, they, 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 they refine us, they purify us. And it's by fire, and we come forth as pure gold. And, but it requires the whole sacrifice. And I think that when I look into this year of the saints, I know there's going to be a lot required of us. I mean, we're going to have to hit the ground running. But this process, I believe, is ever working in us 
to um, really bring us to that place of, of, of wholeness and being spotless before him. Don't you want that? I do. I want that. So, is that your heritage, your inheritance? So now we're going we're gonna to jump into really the meat of, of this, and we're going to start with the Apostle Paul. I mean, if there's anybody in Scripture, the Apostle Paul is one that, um, that we have learned from, that we have learned through that we follow an example of as in the apostolic ministry um, whether or not you are an apostle or not we are in the midst of we are part of the body and the apostle is our head and so we serve that and so we all move and have the heart of the father in that apostolic calling and so Paul is such a great example but boy did he deal with weakness and I love just the humility of who he was and the way that he taught us how through that weakness, we are strengthened in such incredible ways. And so um, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 12, but before we do, just a little backstory. Um, and in, in chapter 11, the apostle speaks of really his divine jealousy over the saints. And his heart was to present them as chaste virgins to Christ, which is hognos, which is saintly virgins. But he also speaks in chapter 11 about his fear of the rampant deception, deception that, was, that was really targeted to lead them astray. I mean, this really... And, and he speaks a lot of the false prophets, of the deceitful workmen, those that were disguising him, themselves as apostles of Christ, servants of righteousness much like Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And, you know, this is what we're facing now, you know, today. Um, and probably more so in the future. But we've seen that hit our network. We've seen that hit um, even the chaste virgins that we have run with. And, and this was really something that, that really played, plagued his heart, as I'm sure that it has plagued our apostles' heart as well, all of us. And so when you get into, well, still in, in chapter 11, you know, those false apostles, those ones in chapter 11, they, you know, they boasted in their accolades. They, they boasted really in who they were. And then they, they pretty much criticized Paul. And, um, and so I'm just going to, so he begins, you know, and they boast, they boast, they boast. And so he begins to, um, let me just read something to you that's not on your sheet. So this is chapter 11, verses 23 to 33. He says, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And then he begins to boast in his trials. And he says, um, in labors it more abundant or far greater, in stripes above measure, I received countless beatings, in prisons more frequently, often near death. So while they were boasting in who they were, as apostles, he was boasting in his trials and the things that he walked through on behalf of the saints. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I was in the deep. I don't know what that means, but maybe in the sea? In the water. In the water. 
and my frequent journeys in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in the city, in the wilderness, in the sea, and among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings, many sleepless nights, and hungers and thirsts, often without food, and fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which comes upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So he talks about all these things that he's walked through, which none of us have really walked through to that degree, I would, I would guess, unless you've not told us. <laughs> but equally or more to him was the care of the churches. That is the apostle's heart. Okay, and the burden for his church. And then he says, who is weak, or astheneo, and I am not weak? Who is offended, and I burn not? And what he's saying here is that he could identify with what they were going through. You know, he could identify, and he could, he could sympathize them, you know, through experience. And he really burned with indignation. You know, his temper, I'm sure, was pretty hot because of what they were being exposed to and how they were, you know, um, being tempted to be led astray. And then he says, I must needs that I boast, I will boast of the things which concern my infirmities. So rather than boasting in the things that, who he was as an apostle, he chose to boast for his, in, in the midst of his weaknesses. Now why? Because he knew that he knew that he knew, because that's where God showcased his power. And then he said, um, God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knows that I lie not. Even in Damascus, the governor under the king guarded the city with a garrison, desirous to apprehend me, but they dropped him in a basket down a window, and he escaped. And so while all these other ones would vaunt their own spiritual experiences and criticize him for his foolishness and his weakness, he didn't do that. He boasted in the things that he walked through because he knew from that place of weakness is where God's power would show himself, show himself, show itself, right? Because God knows he could have boasted, right, and the gifts that he had and the, th and the way that he moved. So then we go into to, to chapter 12, and we're going to begin in verse 1. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory or to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. And then he goes on to talk about how he knew a man who was caught up into paradise and he heard these unspeakable words which was unlawful for man to utter. Of such a one will I will I boast, yet I myself will not boast, but I will boast in my infirmities and in my asinea and my weaknesses. For though I would desire to boast, I will not be a fool because it's foolish to do that. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me that which is see that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. Okay, and then verse seven. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, or appear prideful or vain, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. And we've studied about this. It's like to rap repeatedly with the fist. So it's a continual buffeting. Lest I should be exalted above measure. So, I mean, just think about this. Can you imagine 
I mean, first of all, the things that he saw and the things that he spoke, the anointing that he had, the gifts that he had before the Lord. So extraordinary. So extraordinary. And I know that this, me- it says messenger of Satan, but God allowed that messenger of Satan to buffet him. And we, that's already been established. God allowed that really to preserve him from pride. Can you imagine walking in that kind of gifting? But do you? Are you called to? Yes, you are. And so then he says, For this thing I besought, a parakaleo, and I called the Holy Spirit alongside to join me in the battle for the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient. God said to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And, you know, once again, this is just a passage that I have just said over and over and over and over and over and over again to myself and to so many other people because it's truth. It's, it's alive. It's real. And yet, over the last couple of months, it has touched me in a way that I know, that I know, that his dunamis is being made complete in the midst of my, in the midst of my weakness. I know that. I feel that. I, I, it's all in me and in every part of who I am. And so, you know, we understand what grace is. Grace is it's like joyful partnership in that upward climb of deliverance or promotion or overcoming or breakthrough in, 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 in the midst of our challenges or in the midst of anything that we're living or walking through with the Lord. His grace is amazing, right? It is amazing. It is amazing. So so me in my place, I know his grace is enough for me. That whatever I'm in, it's enough. It's enough to break me through. Now, it's interesting, this word for sufficient, and I wish that I'd have put this on your sheet because it's just a whole good study. It, It literally means enough. You know, it's to be content, it's to be enough, it's to suffice, to be sufficient. But it's the word that was used in the story of the wise versions. And so your sufficiency of his grace comes through your relationship with him. It does. Duh. <laughs> but it does. It's also used in the book of John when um, Philip, remember when Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it will suffice us. It will be sufficient for us. <laughs> Jesus have I not been so long with you? And yes, you don't, and yet you don't know me, Philip. That you have seen me, you have seen the Father, and yet you still say, show me the Father. Believe thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, and he does the works. And so that sufficiency of his grace comes through knowing him, and knowing the Father, and knowing the Godhead, that dwells within us. And that it's also used when they were feeding um, the thousands. And, and, you know, the whole story of, you know, we've got bread, but it's not sufficient. And God, what did he do? He multiplied the bread and made it sufficient. And so whatever we, whatever we think or would say to the Lord, Lord, it's not enough. 
he will multiply it. He will multiply it so much. That's what he's done for me. And then my strength, my dunamis. The dunamis is that miraculous, explosive power. It's like applied power. And, and it, it, it's, it's like the power of God that comes to bring function and vitality or validity really to the point of ministry that he's called us to. I like the fact that it's translated into the word able. Yeah. I mean, that is like the most prolific translation. I mean, that is, and that says it all. It says it all. <laughs> You're able because of the two Absolutely. Yeah. So that dunamis is perfected, in, and that is that word, it's tele, teleos, and, or teleo, and it means completed. It is fulfilled. Everything that we face and everything that we walk through, and remember, guys, that we're not just here for ourselves. It's not about us. It's about it coming through us. So everything that he works through you to perfect you, to bring you to a point of completion and fulfillment is for the greater. It is for the greater works. It is for the kingdom. It is for you being broken bread and poured out wine. That's what it's for. But it has to start in here because that process, that sanctification, all of that has to start in here. And I just feel him working that in us. And I know it's going to be such a tremendous year because we're going to see his power through our weakness. We're going to see it. And what a crazy, you know, what a crazy time. When I, you know, when I describe my season, like the season I'm talking about, I'm talking about seminar up until today. But you can go back, COVID. I mean, did that hit us? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that hit the whole world. And so through all of these things, he is working these things so that his dunamis can be showcased through you. And that is what is coming in this year. And so I just, I just want to give him praise and Thanks for that. Okay, so let's talk just a little bit about weakness. And th we, this is something that is just I'm revisiting because we've talked about this so often in the past, but it's asthenia. And it's our weakness. It's our, our infirmity. It is something that it means a lack of strength, a lack of capacity or capability, either in our body, our mental capacity, I could say for me, emotionally, um, and it, it means form without function. So it means I can stand up here before you today and I look perfectly whole, right? But my back is messed up. So it's without function. Like I can't do things that I normally would do functioning, you know, in normal walks of life or even things that I might be called upon. But God is touching that. Amen? So it, it's form without function. And... Um, you know, we got to lay claim to every part of asthenia, weakness, infirmity that we, are, that we are dealing with. Because this is, you know, last week it was declared that this is a year of miracles. This is a day of miracles. Or maybe it was the week before, but whatever, it's still true. And, um, and he, he does, he wants to touch these, these weaknesses, these places in us. He knows where we need restoration. He knows. And he knows the remedy that we need to fulfill the appointed mission that we've been given. And that's what it's about. 
It's not about me being able to go back to the gym as much as I would love to. That's not what it's about. It's about am I able to run this race that's set before me? Am I able to, to pack my suitcase and haul it across the, the, the I was going to say the country, but across the world? And um, maybe I should pack lighter. <laughs> One less pair of shoes. One less pair of shoes. And that's actually how I calculated. I was like, the stronger I get, the more shoes I can take. <laughs> Don't you say one thing. <laughs> He's got one pair. He's had to lift my suitcase more than once. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's so that's so vain. I remember having a, I had a dream like when I you know when I was learning how to pack, and it took a couple of years for me to learn how to pack. Like that first trip we took to. And I had the biggest suitcase. And I remember Pastor Paul's like, how many bars of gold do you have in this? I mean, I don't even know what kind of suitcase. You know, it's like we've learned a lot of stuff. I mean, whew. But um, I remember, like, in the midst of that, I had this, this crazy dream where I was standing at the airport, you know, when you, the counter, and then they open the, the gate to go out on the, the, down that corridor to get on the plane. Right. But yes, thank you. And I was standing there, and I had, I had two bags, like I had these huge two bags on either side of me. And in the dream, it's like I, I set the bags down, and I walked through without them. And I knew that was the Lord saying, <laughs> I'm purging your stuff. Because we like our stuff, right? Especially when we're in places that test it. But I've learned that no matter what you don't have, you can always buy wherever you are because there's a pharmacy on every corner, right, and an H&M. Anyway, okay. So most gladly, there, therefore, will I, will, I, will I rather glory in my asthenia, in my infirmities. I love this. That the power, that the dunamis of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches, bless you, and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then he is strong. So this, the power of Christ may rest upon me. This word for rest, we've been talking about the rest of God, right? His breath. But I love this because it's this word episkino. Skino means to tent, to encamp, to occupy, to reside, and to dwell. And we know our familiar epi is a preposition that means like something, it's, super, it's the superimposed time, place, and order in relation to the distri distribution of something. So, to be over something. So, his, we glory, we boast in our infirmities that his dunamis, the dunamis of Christ, the anointed one, it tents upon us. It like, it occupies us. It resides within us. It overshadows us. The power of Christ rests upon us. It overshadows us as like a tent or a tabernacle, really affording us shelter and protection and safety and rest and everything that we need to move forward, all because his word was made flesh and made a tabernacle among us full of grace and peace. Or I'm sorry, full of grace and truth. Let's look at John chapter 1. 9 through 14. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that comes into the world. We're talking about Jesus, right? He's the word. He's the true light. He lights upon everyone that comes into the world. You know, that's so profound. You know, we wonder, does, does the Lord make himself known to every human on the earth? Even if a missionary doesn't go there, he does. It says right here. 
He was in the world, and the world was made of him. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power, he gave authority, he gave azusia to become the sons of God. That's us, guys. Even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and skenoed. It tented, it encamped, it occupied, it resided, it dwelled among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I love this so much because I feel like this encapsulates so much of just what the Lord has been showing me and that, you know, this is still true today for us. That same eternal word that promised to make his tabernacle amongst us, to tent upon us, to rest upon us, full of grace and truth, is with us today. His word is made flesh. His word becomes flesh. It became flesh. He walked through all things. He identifies with us in our weakness, in our trials. He became flesh. He suffered all things. He overcame them all so that that spirit could rest upon us in fullness, in grace, which we've already talked about, that visitation of his spirit that pushes us upward and and, and forward from our place of challenge and truth, the fullness of his ways that brings freedom. It's all here for us. It's all here because he became flesh. And so when I say that, you know, this has been a season where I have experienced his word becoming flesh in my life, in my body, I have felt it. It, it has touched me. It comes into my humanity, into my carnality. And it dwells in me. And in the midst of that dwelling is grace. His grace is helping me. And his truth is setting me free. Isn't that amazing? It's so amazing. And, you know, I talk a lot about communion. I, I mean, I, the Lord has had me, since COVID, since we were shut in, the Lord has had me taking communion just constantly. And, and... This is communion for me. When I take that bread, it, you know, I haven't always realized why I've been doing it, but his word has become flesh in me. It's like the proactive, prophetic act that he's had me do to activate that within me so that that grace and that truth could have its way. And I could stand here before you today and, and share and, and hopefully in part or cast seeds out there that says this is where we're going and through it his power is going to be showcased his power is going to be made known through you as you've lived it as you walk it as you've overcome it amen okay. I'm not passionate about this at all <laughs> okay let's talk a little bit about weakness or about healing I'm sorry you know healing because the Lord well we're going to talk a little bit about healing, and we've talked, uh, been talking about that for a couple of weeks, but, or it's been spoken or prophesied, but, you know, healing really describes the return to intended function. When God heals us, he heals us for his purpose, right? Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I know he doesn't want us to feel bad or be infirmed, but I mean, he heals us according to his purpose and to really bring us back into our intended function so that we can be who we, um, he created us to be. But it's always for the purpose of enunciating his plan for our life, always. And our supply always comes through him, and we're always supplied in healing in order to function in his will. And so my ear is just all of a sudden not working. <laughs> Um, so healing, uh, when, I, when I studied through infirmities and when he, Jesus healed infirmities, it was most often the therapeo, therapeo, therapeo. And, um, and we understand that to mean it's from where we get our word ther therapy. And it's really to do therapy or therapeo. Am I saying that right? Therapeo. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Um, really is designed to encourage proper function, physically, mentally, emotionally, and to bring from a place of dysfunction to restoration of wholeness, wellness, and function. So the object of that healing is wholeness, right? So I stand before you, and I'm receiving that healing from the Lord, which is that, that something that's encouraging proper function in my body, right? And so the Lord did this. I mean, through, you, you find it throughout Scripture where he moved in this kind of healing. And I know that I know that I know that he moved in this power because he carried it all for us. I mean, Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he bore our griefs, he carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. So he, you know, he, he set the example for us. He healed many who were sickly, who were infirmed, who were not functioning. And when we function as sons, as, as, you know, it says as many as receive him, to them he gave power. He gave, well, this is exousi. He gave the authority to become the sons of God. Um, his word rests upon us, and it is full of grace and truth to bring freedom. But because he walked the earth, because he bore all of the things that we bore, that we carry, our griefs, our sorrows. He lived them. He overcame them to give us the authority, the right, really, to walk as sons on the earth. But we still have to endure. We still have to go through. We still have to do that. And so as we glory in our weaknesses, the power of Christ rests upon us. It tents upon us. He's our high priest, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He can be touched with them. We go to him for them. But in all points, he was tempted like we are, yet without sin. And so that he calls us, and trust me, I have been there day and night. Let us boldly come into his throne of grace that we will obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So still today, he lived it, he walked it, he overcame it. He did all those things so that we might, through our own weaknesses, move in that same power and that same exousia authority to bring breakthrough, to bring freedom to every place where he sends us. This just makes me excited. And I know, I mean, these are all scriptures that we've just all, I mean, you could probably just quote them in your sleep, right? So 
It just is so alive to me right now. Okay, Luke 5, 15 through 17. This is he was present to heal. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew withdrew himself into the wilderness, and he prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of the town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power, the dunamis of the Lord was present to heal them. Now this is the other word for healing, just as effective. But the point here is that, what does it say? He was healing, he withdrew himself into the wilderness and he prayed, he went out, he was teaching, the Lord, the power of the Lord was present to heal them and he was healed. And so what does this tell us? I mean, he, let, he leads by example. We are to withdraw ourselves, to pray. And through that, the teaching, he was teaching us as ministers today of the gospel where we receive our supply. That supply of light and power from God comes through that time of prayer. A man can give nothing unless he first receives it, lives through it, overcomes it, And no man can be successful in ministry who does not constantly depend on God for the excellence of the power is all from him. And, you know, I read this and I just think there's so much preaching out there and there's so little power. And and this is just what I see ahead for us. I I mean, I, I love being hidden. I love that. But I know that his word is coming alive. And, and as we identify, as we glory in the things that we've walked through, as we glory even in our weaknesses today and overcome them, and we wait upon him, we serve, we minister, he is going to move through us just like this in the teaching. It's like you can teach what you know, but when you teach what you've lived and what you've overcome, through identity with him therein lies the power therein lies the power to heal and that's what I want and I want the dead church to be alive amen but just like Paul there may be a thorn we don't know what that thorn is there's so much speculation but we don't have time to talk about that Okay, he's peeling back the layers. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 through 5. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or with wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. I really need the Lord to touch my ear right now. (laughs) For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration or the manifestation of the spirit and the dunamis, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the dunamis of God. And I, you know, I can just tell you, and I'm just going to be transparent here. When, when we got locked down and I just sat down before the Lord and end up sitting there for a long, long time. <laughs> you know, and we had been going and going and going and teaching and preaching and, you know, imparting and doing all the things that he's called us to do, which was glorious and wonderful. 
And after that season, when he, when he halted everything, I was before him saying, Lord, why? Why? We had such momentum. And, you know, 2020 was just highlight, going to be a highlight year. It ended up being a highlight year in so many different ways. And I think we're going to see the unfolding of that even as we go forward. But, you know, some of the things that he started dealing with my heart about is he started teaching me about rest. And, and about what it meant to function out of his breath. And not that I didn't know that. I mean, I, my, I knew that. I knew that. But I didn't know it like I know it now. It's like it became alive. It touched my flesh. It became alive to me. And, and I'm so thankful for that because what it did was it stopped me from striving. Because in our sincerity to do well, to live up to the expectation for which we are given as ministers... It's human nature to strive to do well. And I can't tell you how many times I heard from our apostle, and I even said myself, you know, we don't want to just have another meeting. We don't, where we teach and preach and go home, and there's nothing changes. And I just feel like the Lord was in that, because not that we were striving, but there is something called performance. And it is our humanity to do that because we want to do well for the Lord. So it's, it's something that in, in a place of sanctification, and hopefully we were always in, or I, to speak for myself, was always in that place of sanctified performance. But I wanted to be effective. I wanted to teach well. I wanted to preach well. I wanted to do well. If I laid hands on people, I wanted the Lord to be, you know, you don't want to fail. You don't want to fail the Lord, Right? And I just feel like he's peeling the layers back so that the essence of who he is, his, his breath coming through us, will come through in power. And that there is no performance. And I'm telling you, it's like I see performance. Like if I turn on, and I'm not judging, but if I turn on a church service or you know something, I, it's like I can spot that spirit. And it's not something that I think any of us intend so hear me, hear my heart, I'm not criticizing. Because I'm speaking from my own heart. But because we want to do well, because we want to be effective, it is our human nature to come up here and 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 help God out. A little, right? But it's not really what we know. It's who's in us. And from that place of who's in us comes out what we know. That's where I want to be. Does that make sense? Okay. I hope I haven't offended anybody by telling my own story. But I'm greatly offended. Thank you. <laughs> I'll pray for you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Galatians 4, 12 through 16. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. Ye have not injured me at all. For you know how through infirmity, asthenia, of the flesh, I preach the gospel unto you first. And my temptation, that's things that put to proof who I am, which was in my flesh, you despise not. And he's talking, about, I guess, about the thorn in his flesh. Nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Where is then the blessedness you spoke of? For I bear you record that it, if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. And I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth. And I love this passage because, first of all, he says through his infirmity, he preached to them. 
And in the midst of that preaching to them in the initial days, they were blessed. I mean, he talks of their blessedness, how happy they were, how blessed they were, and how they poured that blessing back upon him. But now I think at a later moment, during times where they've been tested and began to renounce the gospel, maybe lost their joy, but through his infirmity. And, you know, I, this kind of makes you think that that thorn in, in his flesh was some kind of an eye thing that they would have, I don't know. I mean, there's so much commentary about that, whether it was just, you know, the, his enemies that constantly berated him or tried to, to take the saints off course. Or if, I mean, it says it was in the flesh, but your flesh could also be your emotion, your, you know, whatever. So we don't really know what that is. But um, anyway, I just think it's really interesting that it, he talks about how through his infirmity was really when the anointing was there. And um, so, yeah. I'm sorry. Does anybody have a comment? <laughs> I'm just kind of flying through because I want to get to the end. Definitely about this passage about the wine. <laughs> Are you guys with me? Okay, I'm going to paraphrase this about Lazarus. Um, remember Lazarus, which Jesus loved in Bethany, sisters Mary and Martha. Um, he got sick. Um, Jesus heard about it and declared, This Asthenia is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified hereby, thereby. So we know that the things that we walk through, the weaknesses that we walk through, the sicknesses that we walk through, are always for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And so Jesus lingered for too many, you know, for a couple of days, three days, before he actually went, and Lazarus indeed did die. And we know what happened. He was raised. But let's look at verses 11 through 16. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may awaken him out of his sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleeps, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest of his sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you would believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. And so they, they, Jesus in, you know, went, and he was raised from the dead, and he stunk and all that. But um, the point is, is that this whole story, two things was for the glory of the Son of God, that he be glorified, and to touch their belief. And I love that. So, you know, sometimes the things that we walk through, the weaknesses that we experience as ministers of the gospel, are for that very thing, for people in your life. And so, you know, just glory, just give him glory. Spirit makes intercession, Romans 8, 26 through 28. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray, for as we ought, but the Spirit makes intercession. This is like the Greek word for paga, for us with groanings, with sighs, grievings, groanings, which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love him the love God to them who are called according to his purpose. You know, every trial, every pain, all things that we walk through, the good, bad, and the ugly, 
are for him to for us to partner with him um he knows all things he knows i mean every you know he knows the mind of the spirit it's not even something that we have to just enunciate to him because he knows and it comes through through our intercession and through his intercession as he's before the throne praying for us according to the will of God for our lives so that all those things can work together for our goods and so we just have to partner with that and you know they teach us the truth about our frailty and about just who we are before the Lord and they lead us to him as our ultimate and complete source and that's what he is amen and then I'm going to end with this testimony really that kind of overlays on what we just read. I was, um, well, let me read the passage. Psalm 30, verses 10 through 12. Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sockcloth and girded me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to thee forever. I was in a really dark place emotionally and um, just really mourning. And this was a month or so ago, and, and it, was ra- it was Saints Radio Day. And I almost called Pastor and said, I can't come. Because, you know, you just, I did. I mean, I was this close, and he's so, you know, he's so gracious about that. But, you know, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to go and just buck it up you know, put on my big girl pants. And so I came, and, and we, have, we have pre-radio prayer in the sanctuary before radio. And I walked in, and I walked into the sanctuary, and I felt like the Lord said, I want you to come up to the chambers. And so I, so I walked up to the chambers, and after I figured out the jam box, which takes a PhD, <laughs> um, I just laid in the middle of the floor, and I was just a wreck. I mean, emotionally, I was just a wreck. I mean, I cried, right, Les? I cried all the time. And that, I mean, I know y'all see me cry, but I mean, it was just, I, my tear, I mean, I was, it's like God was purging so much out of me through that. And so I'm laying, I'm laying on my back, and I've got Kevin Prosh on. <laughs> and, you know, I could just feel the, you know, fear, feel the tears just like, you know, flowing down my eyes, and I just felt so useless, like, Lord, I'm so sorry, I'm just, I don't know how to break through this, because sometimes we get to that place where we don't, in our own strength, we cannot break through it, it's hard, I mean, life is hard sometimes, and so I was just laying there for probably 30 minutes, and I was enjoying the music, and just, I couldn't even pray, I mean, I was just like, my heart was just wide open before the Lord. And all of a sudden, just me in there, I, I felt the spirit enter the room. Like, like the tangible manifestation of the spirit. And filled the room. And I was like, whoa. And so what do you do? I started praying in the spirit. <laughs> right? Because I don't care where you are, you can always pray in the spirit. Your spirit, yeah. And I just start, I can't say that I was groaning, but probably. I mean, I was just... I just let the spirit, I mean, his spirit filled the room, and it filled me, and I just started praying in the spirit. And for probably like 
I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, it's just like the spirit just poured out of me like water. I mean, it was just like flowing, and I got freedom. I mean, there was such a measure of freedom where in that moment, that passage that I've said so many times, I've written a book about, I've taught about, I mean, that you turn my morning into dancing came so alive in me. I didn't get up and start dancing, but my spirit was partnering with the Lord in restoration. Through his dunamis power, it came through me, and my spirit was chewing. And then, from that place, my intercession went outward. And for another season, I was praying, not for myself, but as I should, as a saint before the Lord, in partnership with my chief intercessor, what he had for me to do in that moment that I almost missed. I almost missed the moment, guys, by saying, I'm too sad, I can't go. And, and that's okay, because God is gracious and long-suffering, but um, it, it, it was transforming for me, and hopefully transforming for someone else out there, because what he began to show me while I was up there is the whole passage about Jesus where he, where he talks about setting the captives free. You know, he's anointed me to preach the good word, to preach the gospel. And then he goes on, you know, the brokenhearted and the, to set the captives free. And I realized that it had to happen in me. I had to, I had to let the spirit, I had to go there. I had to be willing to go there, to come face to face with my pain so that he could use that, my weakness, to be fruitful for somebody out there or a, 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 a nation that needs to be set free. And I know that I know that I know that that happened in that moment. And it had nothing to do with me because I was just like a broken vessel laying on the floor, seriously. That is the power of the Lord. That is the power of the Lord that we serve. When we glory in our weaknesses, when we rejoice in the midst of our trials and the things. So all the things that we've walked, that we've walked through, because we haven't even begun to see the fruit of that. We've seen it. But this year's going to be incredible. I, did, I prophesy that. Because you're here. And I had, Stacy McGill said something to me last week. We were talking, and I don't know. I, I mean, I, I said something about just yielding and, and being, you know, coming when I didn't really feel like sufficient and she said but Monica you were here you came that, that, that says everything and I say that to you you're here for a reason and for a purpose and he's going to use you in the most incredible ways amen I've gone over I'm so sorry Dennis and Tammy so I bless you today and I love you guys so much and I'm just really thankful for just to share, just to be able to share, just to have the space and, and to know that you can identify <laughs> because we're in his heart together. And so I bless you in all things and I just speak his grace and truth into you and that, that there would be restoration, that there would be therapeo, therapeo and um, that his dunamis would flow through you as you just partner with him.
Amen. Amen. I'm finished. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Monica. Very good. We're sorry to have benefited from your pain. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I <laughs> am